Yeah. This be a life, no gimmick. What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple S Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Smith, in case you didn't know. And in today's episode, we are back with a special one for you guys. Uh, this is going to be the first one in a little while that's outside of the weekly sports recaps videos. And today, we are going to be doing one that I've been waiting for a while. It is our first edition mock draft for the 2021 NFL Draft. Uh, we're going to be doing one round only for today. And we will be having trades. Uh, just real quick, I, I always see mock drafts and some of them don't have trades. And to me, like, what's, I mean, there's so much variation between drafts, but you know there's going to be trades. So why not include trades in your mock draft? That's my opinion, at least. And just one more disclaimer before we get going. Um, there's a lot of times where I see people in comment sections of mock drafts that people put out, that analysts put out or whatever. And there's so much bashing of the picks that they make. Oh my God, that makes no sense. They would never pick that player there. This team wouldn't do that. This team's not going to trade up, blah, blah, blah. It could be anything. Um, so I just want to kind of put out this disclaimer. If you're going to get mad at this mock draft, keep in mind, this is not what I think is the best course of action for these teams. Maybe it is, but I just this is just what I believe I would do if I was sitting in the GM chair uh, come time for each of these 32 first round picks. So with that being said, let's hop right into it. So as you can see here, we are using the PFN Mock Draft Simulator. Um, it's one of the best free ones that I found. It's definitely not perfect, as you're going to see. I'm going to go through some things that it doesn't do that maybe it should, or that would make it a little bit better. But uh, it is what it is. We're going to work with what we got. All right, so as we all know, the Jacksonville Jaguars will start off on the clock. Round one, pick number one. And this one, we're not going to waste too much time on. Uh, we see Trevor Lawrence is there available with the number one pick. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have a new head coach. That usually means new quarterback. And he is definitely the best one available. So we're going to lock that in. Number one overall, Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars. All right, now moving on to pick number two, we have the New York Jets on the clock. And here is where we're going to have our first trade of the draft. So this is a trade that I don't think will happen uh, during the draft. I think this will happen pre-draft, and if you guys watch the channel, you've seen me talk about the fact that I think the top team that has a chance to land Deshaun Watson is indeed the New York Jets. They have great draft capital, uh, and they have the salary cap space to make it happen, and they can afford a player like Deshaun Watson. Uh, I don't think Sam Darnold is the guy. They could potentially keep him and then draft maybe Panay Suel or uh, maybe another receiver to help him out because he doesn't have great receivers. Maybe they even draft his replacement. But the thing about all of those scenarios is that none of them are home runs at the quarterback position. Trevor Lawrence is off the board. You know, Zach Wilson, great prospect. Justin Fields, great prospect. But they're not home runs in the same way that Deshaun Watson is. So I see the New York Jets going ahead. And we're going to use this trade function here, proposed trade. We're going to take the New York Jets. And you guys are going to see here how what I was saying earlier about this not being perfect. Uh, we're going to take the Jets and we're going to take the Texans. We're going to go next. So the Jets are going to send the number two overall pick this year. They're going to keep number 23, which is their second first round pick uh, this year. And what they're going to do is they're going to send their first round pick next year. They have two first round picks, their own and Seattle's. Uh, I think the Texans will play hardball. The Jets may try and give up Seattle's first round pick because it'll be a, a lower pick. But I think they'll play hardball and end up getting New York's own first-round pick. And then on top of that, I think they're going to throw in a second-rounder this year, number 34. And then they'll throw in their second-rounder next year. Uh, the other thing about this trade uh, application of the PFN mock draft is you can include players. So over on the Texans side, we can include Deshaun Watson. But in terms of compensation for the Jets, I also see them including two uh, defensive starters, which is something that the Texans have asked for. So we're going to say it's going to be Marcus May, the starting free safety, and Neville Hewitt, the starting linebacker. Uh, and in exchange, just to make this trade work, and I think it is kind of realistic as well, the Texans will send a fourth rounder next year. Uh, let's say it's the LA Rams fourth rounder that they have, because that'll probably be a lower pick than their own fourth rounder. And they'll send Deshaun Watson. So as you see here, I'm going to propose this trade. 
if you just look at what I included on the PFN mock draft simulator, it's ridiculous. There's no way the Jets would trade pick 234, a first next year, and a second next year just for a fourth round pick. But we're going to go confirm, and it is accepted. But that works out for our purposes. Maybe the, the mock draft simulator knows that I'm including Deshaun Watson somehow, some way. But anyway, we're going to roll with it. So now the Houston Texans are on the clock here with the number two overall pick. They just traded Deshaun Watson. They need their quarterback of the future. So we look over here at the available prospects. You could definitely go with Zach Wilson here, but I'm going to go with Justin Fields. Uh, a lot of people have Fields behind Wilson, and I'm not quite sure why. I know he had a great year this year, Zach Wilson did. But what a lot of people forget is that he doesn't play in a top-tier conference. Uh, he also had a subpar year last year, so a lot of people can kind of allude to the fact that he's more or less a one-year wonder, whereas Justin Fields has two good years of production under his belt. He did it in the Big Ten. So I'm going to go with Justin Fields here. He's going to be the Houston Texans' new QB1. All right, now we're on to pick number three. We have the Miami Dolphins on the clock. So real quick, I'm just going to flip over here and show you guys this other screen I have. Uh, so I created a team needs document and basically the way I created this was I just went through and um, I basically looked at every team's depth chart using our lads ESPN was also kind of decent but there was some errors that I saw so I decided to go with the our lads depth charts across the board for every team and uh, I just kind of assessed their top three needs wrote them down here so we can go ahead and fill in the Jags picking a quarterback first and the Texans took their quarterback so now you'll actually, if you take a look, you'll see here that I have number three is not Miami. I have the Panthers in a trade-up situation with the Miami Dolphins. So um, one thing I think will definitely happen is if, whether it's the Jets or another team uh, and the Jaguars take quarterbacks number one and number two, the first one will definitely be Trevor Lawrence. And if the second one is either Fields or Wilson, I think the third guy will definitely be highly coveted. Because there is, uh, a lot of people would consider there to be a drop-off between Zach Wilson or Justin Fields to Trey Lance, who has looked at a little bit more of a developmental kind of guy. He might not be quite ready to step in day one and be a true NFL starter, but he definitely has the tools, the raw athleticism, he has the arm talent. But, you know, playing at a school like North Dakota State, he may not be ready right away to be a starting NFL quarterback. So we're going to have some teams wanting to trade up to the pick number three if the two other top quarterbacks go one and two. So I think that's what's going to happen. Miami's going to be fielding calls from, let's see who we have here. The Falcons may even want to push up unless they're comfortable with Trey Lance. They could be comfortable with Trey Lance, though, because they do have Matt Ryan. So he Trey Lance could potentially sit behind there. So the Falcons may or may not be calling. Uh, I think that the Panthers will definitely be calling, and I think that they'll be the team that actually trades up. The Broncos could definitely be calling if they're not sure about Drew Locke. I wouldn't be sure about Drew Locke. The 49ers could be calling. There's a few teams that be, could be calling for Zach Wilson or Justin Field services. In this scenario, we are going to say that the Panthers are the ones to do it. So again, we're going to go into this trade uh, simulator here. We're going to click the Dolphins. <coughs> And then we're going to click the Panthers. And again, uh, like I said, this is not the best uh, trade simulator. But what we're going to do is we're going to be sending the number three pick to the Panthers in exchange for the number eight pick, the number 39 pick, which is a second rounder this year, and Carolina's second round pick next year as well. Um, now, you might be asking, how am I coming up with this um, trade value? And if you can see here at the top of my screen, I do have a tab open called uh, 2021 NFL Trade Value Chart. So if we click over there, um, it's a pretty good system and it kind of assigns a point value uh, to every pick in the draft. And it's not a bad system. So if you see here, the Jacksonville Jaguars hold the number one pick. It's worth 3,000 points in this system. The number three pick is worth 2,200 points. If we scroll down to the number eight pick, it's worth 1,400 points. So that's a difference of 800. Uh, so the Carolina Panthers will have to make up 800 points worth of draft capital, or you know it could be a player as well, to justify the Dolphins trading back to number eight. So if we take a look over here in the second round, number 39 is only worth 510. 
So at that point, the Panthers would still owe just under 300 worth of, uh, of draft capital, and that's where the 2022 second round pick falls in. So I think with those three picks for the number three pick, we have ourselves a pretty good trade. But if you were to enter that into this simulator, uh, I'll just do it real quick. It says it's declined, but I'm not quite sure why, if it would accept that last trade we did before. So what we're going to do is, since we're only doing one round, uh, we actually don't technically need to have those second round picks, one this year and one next year included. So they won't accept that trade, but they will accept just three for eight for some reason. So that's what we're going to do here. We're going to propose pick three for pick eight. And as you can see here, it says accepted. And now the Carolina Panthers are on the clock. And for the Carolina Panthers, you know, they tried out the Teddy Bridgewater experiment last season. Didn't quite work out because, I mean, clearly it didn't work out because they're picking in the top 10. They were the bottom of the NFC South. Actually, no, they were they were third in the NFC South, but still not great. They were just ahead of the Atlanta Falcons. But at any rate, Teddy Bridgewater does not seem to be the long-term solution. And although I do like P.J. Walker, I don't think it's him either. So with pick number three, the Carolina Panthers are going to go ahead and take Zach Wilson, their quarterback of the future. Uh, and, you know, he may not be ready either to start right away. Maybe he is. I'm not sure. But Teddy Bridgewater is not the worst bridge to have in the world. So uh, the Carolina Panthers are set at quarterback for the next little while if Zach Wilson turns out. Now we're going to move on to pick number four. We have the Atlanta Falcons on the clock. And if we go over here and we take a look at the needs chart, let's see what they need. Uh, at the top of the list, I have quarterback because Matt Ryan, I don't see him playing more than another maybe one to two seasons. And he also, you know, he hasn't seemed to be at that kind of Super Bowl level that he once was at. So I think that eventually quarterback is going to be a need. And the reason I have it at number one on the priority list is because uh, when are the Atlanta Falcons going to be picking at number four again? You know, this was a almost a blessing in disguise, the fact that they're picking this high because they do have good players. Julio Jones was out for a lot of the year. Uh, Matt Ryan was not playing great. Todd Gurley missed some time. So their record um, in terms of where they're picking here, I don't see them picking top four next year or maybe even the year after, especially if Matt Ryan's going to play next year and he's going to want to end his career right. He's not going to tank by any means. So I have quarterback as their number one need here, but they could also use edge help uh, and maybe another corner as well. So uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, teams that may be interested in Trey Lance should probably have a established quarterback in place that he can learn from and sit behind for a little while. And the Atlanta Falcons are a perfect scenario for that to happen. So with the number four pick, they are going to go ahead and select Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. All right, on to pick number five. We have the Cincinnati Bengals on the clock. Uh, let's hop on over back to that needs chart over here. Let's see what they're in need of. Uh, so at the top of the list, we have offensive tackle. Uh, Joe Burrow, you know, they picked him number one, number one overall last year. He is definitely their quarterback of the future. He showed some great stuff. But with an asset like that, you want to protect him. He got hit way too much. He didn't have time a lot of the times. That O-line did not, uh, it seemed like they didn't like him at some points. Like they just let people go through. So uh, offensive line, offensive tackle is definitely going to be a priority. And because of this run of four quarterbacks, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be lucky to still land the guy that they thought they may have lost out on when they moved from the third pick to the fifth pick by winning a couple games at the end of the year. And they're going to go ahead and nab Penai Suel, who I think is definitely the best offensive lineman in the class. Uh, he has a great tape. He opted out this past year because he had already shown everything he needed to show. So the Cincinnati Bengals here are going to take Penai Suel offensive tackle out of Oregon. Moving on to pick number six, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. And over here on the needs chart, we have two really big needs here. And this one was hard for me because out of the two, I struggled on which to put higher. Um, if the Eagles are going to keep Carson Wentz, and even if they don't and they go with uh, Jalen Hurts, they're definitely going to need some receiver help. The receiving core consists of Jalen Rager, their first rounder from last year, Alshon Jeffrey, who's getting up there in age. He's never really healthy. Uh, same case for Deshaun Jackson, never really healthy, always kind of hurt. Uh, outside of that, they have 
Nothing that's really too, too impressive. Travis Fulgham, I do like him, actually. But even if your your top receivers are Jalen Rager and Travis Fulgham, I think you need another guy. But at the same time, when you look over at the defensive side of the ball, that secondary is not great. They do have Darius Slay on one corner, but you definitely need to have a guy on the other side. Otherwise, uh, he's just going to get picked on. So Darius Slay is just going to get avoided, which is what happened for most of the year. And they threw at whoever was the other corner. They kind of rotated a few different guys, dealt with some injuries. But I think that the cornerback position is a little bit more dire of a need, uh, especially in a passing league, in a passing division, where you're going to have to go against Dak Prescott twice a year. So with the number six overall pick here, let's take a look at the cornerbacks. Uh, We have two guys that I consider here. There's Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech, and there's Patrick Sertan, uh, the second. Uh, This is kind of a toss-up for me. These guys are really similar. Caleb Farley, 6'1", 207. Patrick Sertan, uh, the second, is 6'1", 202. They play kind of similar. They're both good in man. They can both play zone. So, honestly, between this one, you could flip a coin, and I think the Philadelphia Eagles would be happy with either guy. Uh, Just for the sake of this mock, we're going to give them Patrick Sertan. Uh, He's got a little bit more hype around him, so I'll I'll let him go before Caleb Farley, even though I'm a little bit higher on Caleb Farley. But for this mock draft, we're going to go Patrick Sertan, the second uh, cornerback out of Alabama, number six to the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, moving on here to the pick number seven. We have the Detroit Lions on the clock. Uh, So if we take a quick glance over here at the needs chart. So the Lions are in desperate need of a wide receiver. Um, That's what I have number one on their list. Now, a lot of people might be thinking, well, why do they have wide receiver top of the list? They have Kenny Galladay. They have Marvin Jones. They even have Mohamed Sanu now. And in the slot, they have Danny Amendola. That's a pretty good receiver core. But the thing is, every one of those guys I just mentioned, all four of them, will be unrestricted free agents when the new league year begins. So I think that Marvin Jones will probably be gone. And even if they retain him, he's in his 30s now. So he's kind of on his way out. Uh, Maybe have a couple, you know, two, three, four more years in the league if he's lucky. Uh, Kenny Galladay is the one I think they're going to make the biggest push to keep. But even if you keep him, uh, I think that Mohamed Sanu, you know, he's, he's okay. Danny Amendola, I think he's way past his prime as well. They did draft Quintez Cephas last year, who I'm I'm actually a big fan of. He played at Wisconsin in college football, and uh, he was really good there. So I think he could be pretty good. But I think that they need another threat for uh, Jared Goff to throw to. So we're going to look at the receivers available here. And all three of the big-name guys are still available. Uh, you even have Kyle Pitts there, which is an option. But they do have TJ Hawkinson. So we're going to look at these three receivers and... Between the three, we're going to take Jalen Waddle out of this uh, seven overall conversation. I think he's a step beneath Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. Again, this is just my opinion. Maybe you guys are higher on Jalen Waddle and you think he should go here. But for me, uh, it's between Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith. And I'm going to go with Jamar Chase for the simple reason that um, he had a year off, you know, to kind of rest his body, really work on his craft. Uh, Devontae Smith definitely is would not be a bad pick here either. It's kind of a flip of the coin. But uh, I think people forget about Jamar Chase because of the whole recency bias of Devontae Smith. You know, he, he played last year. Jamar Chase didn't. He won the Heisman. Jamar Chase didn't. But if you go back and you look at Jamar Chase's 2020, or I guess 2019, uh, his last season when the LSU won the national championship, that guy was out of his mind good. So... Uh, I think the Lions will be more than happy to select Jamar Chase 7 overall and get another true number one talent for uh, Jared Goff to throw to. All right, we're moving on to pick number 8, and we have the Miami Dolphins on the clock once again uh, with their traded back pick. They traded with the Carolina Panthers, so now they hold the 8th overall pick. Let's take a look at the needs chart. So for the Miami Dolphins, um, this is my team in case anyone doesn't know. Uh, for me, the biggest need is definitely wide receiver. Uh, you also could use some offensive line help, you know, give Tua Tungabailoa, your rookie, or I guess he'll be second-year quarterback now, some more time in the pocket to find guys downfield. But you definitely need a playmaker. They do have some decent receivers on the roster, but 
none of them can seem to stay healthy or you know stay away from the drop passes so they're going to need a bona fide number one kind of guy and when you take a look at the available prospects uh, we were just talking about receivers and the Detroit Lions kind of had a flip of the coin between Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith honestly in this mock draft between seven and eight Jamar Smith and uh, Devontae Smith either one of these guys could go seven or eight and I think either franchise would be very happy like like I said, I'm going to act like I'm the GM of all of these teams when I make the picks. So if I, in this instance, I am the GM of the Lions and I'm the GM of the um, Miami Dolphins, I honestly flip a coin to see who I take where. To me, they're both going to be uh, home run hits as wide receivers at the pro level. Both played at prestigious schools in the SEC, so um, I think that one's a no-brainer. All right, moving on to pick number nine, we have the Denver Broncos. So let's take a quick glance at the needs chart here. And I alluded to it a little bit earlier when I talked about teams that could trade up for um, the likes of either Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. And I included the Broncos there because I'm one that is not quite sold on uh, Drew Locke. He's shown flashes, but he's also shown flashes of horrible as well. So, you know, John Elway doesn't seem to be able to pick a quarterback. Uh, but when you look at the list of available quarterbacks, the problem for uh, the Broncos is the top four is already gone. And then there's kind of a consensus that there's another slight drop off until you hit Mac Jones here. So when you sort by quarterbacks, you see he's there at uh, 30 uh, overall. But again, this this um, this uh, prospect ranking list is not it's not perfect, but Mac Jones at 30, you know, that's that's about right. So taking him at 9 overall would be a huge stretch. If they did like him, they could try and trade back. But uh, what I think will happen is they will go corner, which I have here as their number 2 need. Uh, there's a great corner available in Caleb Farley, the guy that was passed up on by the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. But again, I think that was another case where if the Eagles were to have taken Caleb Farley, uh, they would be just as happy and I think that the Denver Broncos will be just as happy to have Caleb Farley as if they had Patrick Sertan. So we're going to lock in Caleb Farley 9 overall to the Denver Broncos. Now number 10, we have the Dallas Cowboys, my least favorite team in the NFL. So let's go ahead and take a look at their needs. The Dallas Cowboys need DB help and they need a bad. They could use some interior defensive line help. And uh, they also could use some edge help. So as you can see here, all defensive needs. So when you take a look at the available prospects, top three guys or top two guys here, sorry, remaining are offensive. You have Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts. Don't want to take either of those guys. Their offense is already pretty set. Quiddy Pay, he's definitely an option off the edge. But uh, the thing that kind of puts me off about Quiddy Pay is that he's He's exclusively an edge guy. He is good at what he does, but he's not as versatile as the guy that is right beneath him on this uh, this prospect list, Micah Parsons, number 12 here. And I think that that's got to be the pick for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora is also a good option because I've seen his tape. He plays almost like a rover type position. He could play in the box. He can play on the back end. He has picks. like He can play the ball as well. But I think Micah Parsons is just a slightly better version of that. Uh, he can he thinks he's an edge, which is what he said in the lead-up to the draft. He says he wants to be an edge in the NFL. So if he can do that and he can play off the edge, we already know that he can play second level as a run-stopping linebacker and a pass-coverage linebacker. So if he can do all of those things, he would be a great piece for the Dallas Cowboys defense to have. So we're going to pick him here at number 10, Micah Parsons. All right, on to pick 11. Now we have the New York football giants on the clock. So let's go ahead and take a look at their needs over here. Uh, they could definitely use a linebacker or edge help. Uh, they definitely struggle to get after the passer. Uh, I also have offensive line here. You know, give Danny Dimes, if he's going to be your quarterback of the future, give him some more time, give him some more protection. And also for your stud running back, Saquon Barkley, you know, help out that run game as well. And then after that, I have wide receiver as a need. So let's go ahead and take a look at this list over here. So Jalen Waddle, that would maybe make sense. You know, I think that six 
overall as a total prospect is a little rich for Jalen Waddle. Like I was saying, this isn't the perfect uh, prospect ranking list. You know, but at any rate, there is some great players here. There's a lot of players that if they pick, I think it'll be a great option. But we are actually going to go with Christian Derisaw here, the offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. And you might be looking and saying, oh, why am I not going with Rashawn Slater before Derisaw? Like I said, this is not my uh, this is not my board. There's players here that I think are way too low or way too high. I have Derisaw ahead of Rashawn Slater. Uh, Slater did opt out of this year. So, and, you know, last year he was ranked about 20 or so in terms of a prospect ranking for me. Uh, Derisaw had a great year this year. I think he's on the up and up. So I like what Derisaw brings to the table. I'm going to pick him here, number 11 to the New York Giants. Now we're on to number 12. We have the San Francisco 49ers. So let's take a look at their needs here. So we have wide receiver as a need. Uh, they do have Debo Samuel, who I like, and they did draft Brandon Ayuk last year. But to me, they're still lacking, you know, they're lacking something from that wide receiver position, that true home run threat. Um, I also have cornerback here. Richard Sherman's getting up there in age. Um, Jason Red is pretty good as well, but outside of that, you know, they have some decent guys. Akella Witherspoon is decent. And then I also have quarterback on this list as well. Uh, I do think they'll address quarterback in free agency or trade. I think they'll trade uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and try and get another guy in there. I don't think Shanahan thinks he's his guy. Um, so if we take a look at the prospect list here, like I said, they could use a home run threat. And there aren't many better than Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. So we're going to go ahead and take Jalen Waddle here, number 12 overall. Um, whoever your new quarterback is, or even if it's Jimmy G, you know, give him a home run threat. Uh, someone who you can even just throw a little bubble screen to. Someone you don't need to throw a perfect pass to. And he can make the defense pay and go for 80 yards anytime he touches the ball. He also brings added value as a return specialist as well. All right, now we're on to pick number 13. And we're going to get a little, a little fun here, a little freaky here. And we're going to have another trade. So the... Uh, I almost said San Diego. The Los Angeles Chargers are on the clock. And, you know, even though Mac Jones is about the 30th ranked prospect here, that's how they have it on the PFN uh, board. You know, I, I would agree with that. It's, it's about right. Uh, quarterbacks are notoriously reached for in drafts, especially when, you know, let's take a look at the quarterbacks again. After Mac Jones, the next guy is Cal Trask. He's, he's, he's pretty good as well. You know, he was in the Heisman finalist race as well. But I think the drop-off from Jones to Trask is significant enough that there might be some teams that want to jump up here and grab him. And 13 is a decent spot to do so. The, <clears throat> excuse me, San Diego, I did it there. The Los Angeles Chargers are set at the quarterback position. Justin Herbert was lights out as a rookie. So they're going to be fielding calls here. And let's see who may be willing to call and move up. Uh, the Vikings, potentially. You know, Kirk Cousins, I think he's coming up to the end of his deal. And he doesn't seem to be a guy that can bring them to the Super Bowl. Uh, the New England Patriots, they could definitely be in play here. They'll be probably putting in some calls to trade up for Mac Jones if they don't go the free agency or trade route. Uh, let's see. The Washington football team, that's an option as well. They definitely need a quarterback. And the Chicago Bears. I think that's another team that could be trying to move up. Mitch Trubisky, <clears throat> I don't think he's the answer. So uh, we're going to go ahead and say that it will be the Washington football team who is successfully able to trade up to 13th overall. So we're going to enter this trade proposer here. Take the Chargers and take the Washington football team. And it's going to be sending the 13th pick from L.A. to Washington for the 19th pick. And then if we take a look over here at the trade value chart, um, let's see here. The 13th pick is worth 1150 versus the 19th pick is worth 875 So let's see here. That's a difference of, let's see how good my mental math is. I want to say... 285, 285, 275. So that's a difference of 275. So if we keep looking here 
at the uh, value chart, the the Washington football team is going to have to come up with 275 worth of draft capital approximately. So the second round pick that Washington has, uh, let's find it here. It is pick 51. It's worth 390. That's a little rich. So I don't think they'll throw that in. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take the third round pick of Washington. It's worth 220 here. Uh, that's about right. And we're also going to be throwing in a seventh rounder as well. So just to add a little bit of sugar to the pot. So Washington will send number 19. Uh, let's see, it's number 74, I believe. Yeah, number 74. And a seventh rounder will say 211. For pick 13. <clears throat> and again, you see here, the PFN uh, trade simulator did not let it go through. But I think it'll let it go through if we just do one for one. And again, these picks are not in the first round. The other picks of this trade. So as long as we can get to go through in the system, then that's all good. And as you see here, it was now accepted with just 13 for 19, which makes no sense. But that's okay. So now Washington, they've traded up. They are going to go ahead and take their quarterback of the future, hopefully, in Mac Jones, number 13 overall, to the Washington football team. All right, now we have number 14. The um, Minnesota Vikings are on the clock. Let's take a quick look at their needs here. Um, number one, I have the O-line. I didn't say offensive tackle, offensive guard, or center, just because I feel like kind of best player available for the O-line would definitely help this team. Uh, when you take a look, I have another tab open here for the offensive uh, PFF rankings. So we're going to scroll down to the bottom. Let's see where the Vikings landed on the 2020 season. 26. So 26 out of 32 is not great. Uh, they definitely need some O-line help. You know, whether it's going to be um, Kirk Cousins or other moving forward as their quarterback, they're going to need protection. And in terms of picking a quarterback here, I don't think Cal Trask at 14 that's not a good value pick. If anything, I'd go for him in the second round. So we're going to take a look at the offensive line prospects here. And there's a few good ones. Rashawn Slater, definitely a good option. Um, but I actually think that there's a better option who's not being talked about as, as much or nearly enough, in my opinion. Um, so if we look here, it's not Rashawn Slater. It is not Elijah Vera Tucker. It's Alex Leatherwood the offensive tackle out of Alabama. So I'm going to go ahead and lock him in at number 14 to the Minnesota Vikings. I think that's a good pick for them. Uh, he could step in probably right away. You know, playing at a program like Alabama, he should be ready to come in and contribute right away and protect Kirk Cousins or other. All right, moving on now to pick number 15. We have the big bad Patriots on the clock. Uh, one of my least favorite teams in the NFL. But... You know, we're going to do our best to get them a good pick here. So let's take a look at their needs. Uh, I have a quarterback at the top of the list, but I'm going to assume that, you know, they're going to try and take one in free agency or trade. So let's go ahead and assume that they got quarterback taken care of, or maybe they try and get one in the second round or third round or whatever. And maybe they roll with, uh, for at least the next season, maybe they roll with um, blanking on his name. He rocks number four, Jarrett Stidham. There it is. Uh, maybe they rock with Jarrett Stidham with the tanking hopes that they pick higher next year and they can take a guy like maybe Spencer Rattler. So we're going to ignore quarterback for the time being, A, because there's not you know a great prospect that's a good value pick here at 15 for them. And the second need I have here is wide receiver slash tight end. So basically just a playmaker. Anyone who's watched Patriots football knows that they are so deficient in terms of pass catchers. So let's take a look here. You definitely have Kyle Pitts as an option. Uh, let's see what else is there. Najee Harris, you know, he is a running back, but he's a great player. Uh, Kadarius Toney. One guy they definitely disrespected on this um, this big board is Rashad Bateman. Here he is here at 33. Uh, he's I think he's definitely a first-round receiver, definitely a first-round talent. They have him at 33, which I think is way too low. I actually think he's better than... Um, I actually think he's much better than Kadarius Tony is. But anyway, that's a different conversation. But 
For the Patriots here, we're going to take Kyle Pitts. Uh, he is a stud tight end. And I think that whatever quarterback steps into that situation, or even if it's Jared Stidham, having a guy like Kyle Pitts will definitely be a uh, definitely be a bonus. And if you know the Patriots, you know they you know they love tight ends, so taking a top-rated tight end would definitely fit the bill of the Patriots' way. All right, on to pick 16. We have the Arizona Cardinals on the clock. Uh, they have the quarterback situation figured out with uh, Kyler Murray, so. If we look at their needs here, edge rusher, that's definitely up there. They will be getting Chandler Jones back, uh, but he is kind of getting up there in age, so maybe planning for the future as well. Interior O-line, I put that down as a need, and cornerback. They definitely probably need another cornerback. Uh, but we're going to look at edge guys here. <coughs> Excuse me. And let's take a look. So we have Quiddy Pay. He's a great option here. Um, Gregory Russo, another great option here. Christian Barrymore is not an edge guy, but he's a really good interior defensive lineman who causes a lot of damage. And um, you have Aziz Ojulari here as well out of Georgia. Great pass rusher. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and take Gregory Russo. He is ranked below Pay here, but I like the, the fact that Russo is a little bit longer. And uh, I think he's slightly smaller, but he's a little bit longer than uh, Pay is. Uh, something about, uh, I'm going to have to say a big pause here, but something about long pass rushers in the NFL uh, just seems to work out in my opinion. So we're going to go ahead and take Gregory Russo coming off the edge for the Arizona Cardinals. All right, now pick 17, we got the Las Vegas Raiders on the clock. And in terms of their needs, let's see what we got here. Safety, I definitely put that down. I'd like Jonathan Abram. But their second safety, I'm blanking on his name. I'm not too big of a fan of him. I think his name's Harris. His last name is Harris. Uh, they could definitely use a free safety. Jonathan Abrams is a hard-hitting, good, solid, uh, strong safety. They could use a free safety, uh, cornerback as well, or linebacker. And again, you're going to notice these are all defensive needs. Uh, I think that they need definitely need some help on that defensive side of the ball, um, especially when you're going to be going against Patrick Mahomes twice a year. So let's look at our top defensive players here. You have Quiddy Pay, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora. There's definitely some good players here. But to me, at this point in the draft, the best available option is right here, number 13, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora, linebacker out of Notre Dame. Talked about him a little bit earlier. Uh, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. He can rush the passer. Very good blitzer. Um, he's also good in coverage. And he's a great tackler as well. He'll do great in that Las Vegas defense, and I think he'll do wonders for them. All right, back to the Miami Dolphins with their second first-round pick. This is their own first-round pick. The other pick that they had and traded back with was Houston Texans that they got with the Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills trade. And with this one, we're going to look at the needs again. Uh, so we had wide receiver, linebacker, O-line. We addressed wide receiver with the eighth overall pick. So now it's between linebacker and interior offensive line. The only guy that makes sense here for me in terms of interior offensive line is way down here, number 37, Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State. I love him as a guard, but I think that's a little high, 18 overall for a guy like Rashawn Slater. So we're going to look at the linebackers, and they definitely need a big kind of run-stopping, off uh, not offensive, sorry, uh, linebacker, and I think Zayvon Collins fits the bill out of Tulsa. He is a great linebacker, great collegiate linebacker. I think he'll be able to step in right away and contribute to a already dominant Miami Dolphins defense. Next up, we have the LA Chargers on the clock. Uh, they're set with Justin Herbert as their quarterback of the future, and this is their traded back pick. Uh, they traded back with the Washington football team, got some extra capital for the draft, uh, and with this number 19 overall pick, uh, I think they're going to go ahead and get some protection, some more protection for Justin Herbert. Uh, he's got good weapons already, so adding another piece to give him more time in the pocket will make that offense really scary. Uh, you have options of Rashawn Slater here, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Samuel Cosme is another good offensive tackle option as well. We're going to go with Rashawn Slater here, though, uh, out of Northwestern. The knock on him is short arms, and then people say that he can also play guard, you know, because he has short arms. But for me, it's like, 
well, can he can he also play guard because he has short arms? Is it will he be a guard because he has short arms? But and at any rate, he is a big guy, big mauler, and I think that he'll help that team. Short arms or not, he, uh, the short arms weren't a problem for him at Northwestern, so uh, hopefully they won't be a problem for him in the pros as well. All right, now we're into the twenties. We have the Chicago Bears on the clock. Uh, if we take a look at their needs, uh, we have the quarterback position here at the top. Uh, wide receiver is an option as well, and interior defensive line. Uh, quarterback, again, we saw it with um, the likes of, excuse me, the Patriots, where although it's a top need, there's not really a guy that makes sense to pick at 20 overall. Kyle Trask, maybe, you know, 20 is still a little rich for Kyle Trask. So let's look at wide receiver and interior defensive line. So right off the bat, I see Christian Barrymore here, number 19. Love Christian Barrymore. He is so disruptive. Uh, watching some Alabama games, he was, uh, he popped off the screen. Really good player. But I think we're going to go the wide receiver route. Uh, they may lose Allen Robinson to free agency. Uh, so I think that... You know, getting an insurance policy, even if you don't lose him, you know, he's not going to be there long term, I don't believe. He may stay for maybe another year or two, but getting another receiver that is reliable and solid will be a of uh, the utmost importance. Uh, so you see that we have Kadarius Tony still available here. But like I said earlier, I like Rashad Bateman more, and he's kind of like a Allen Robinson in terms of body type. And uh, the way he plays. So we're going to go ahead and get the Allen Robinson replacement. Or maybe he'll be his teammate if Allen Robinson stays. Uh, get a, another weapon for whoever they end up going with at quarterback. And Rashad Bateman to the Bears at number 20 overall. On to pick 21. We have the Indianapolis Colts on the clock. Uh, let's go over here and look at their needs. So we have the wide receiver position. We have the edge position, and we have quarterback. Now, quarterback, I put that in because Phillip Rivers is retiring. But then I remembered that uh, they also do have Jacoby Brissett on the roster. Now, the thing I ask myself with quarterbacks is, you know, there might be a quarterback that's pretty good, but the whole aim of being in the NFL and playing in general is to win and to win the Super Bowl. And when I look at Jacoby Brissett, I struggled to see him hosting or hoisting, sorry, the Lombardi Trophy as a Super Bowl champion quarterback. Now, if anyone was going to do it that is a subpar quarterback or any team was going to do it with a subpar quarterback, it would be the Indianapolis Colts. They have a great roster right now, really good defense, really good O-line, really good run game. So you have all the elements. So I think that that's why I put it third here. Because even if you ride with Jacoby Brissett, you could still make a serious, legitimate run. And they almost did it this year with Phillip Rivers. Uh, they were a couple plays away from beating uh, Buffalo. But anyway, that's another story. So for me here, it's really between the receiver position and an edge rusher, a really good elite edge rusher. Uh, so if we look at the receiver position, out of the guys remaining, you know, I although I do like Kadarius Toney, I think he's going to have some drop problems. Uh, we saw it a little bit at the Senior Bowl, and he did have some drops in college. But he is a very good route runner, very quick, very shifty. I'm not quite sure I'm going to go with Kadarius Tony here at 21. So what we're going to go ahead and do is we are going to take Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher out of Michigan. Uh, in terms of the Colts defense, the rich get richer. They already have a solid front and good pass rush. And they're going to add a young guy who can learn from guys like Justin Houston, uh, DeForest Buckner. And I think Quiddy Pay going to Indianapolis would be great for him and great for the Indianapolis Colts as well. All right, pick 22, we have the division rivals of the Indianapolis Colts. We have the Tennessee Titans on the clock. Uh, so let's take a look at their needs. So we have defensive line and edge. I think that's probably the top priority for these guys right here. Uh, wide receiver is another potential option outside of A.J. Brown. I do see them losing Corey Davis. I don't think they'll re-sign him. So taking a receiver could be an option here as well. And cornerback as well. Their corners aren't horrible, but I've never been a huge Malcolm Butler fan. Adore Jackson, not quite sure about him yet at the pro level. So let's take a look at the prospects. And 
you know, J.C. Horn is available here. He would be a decent option. So would Christian Barrymore in the center of that defense. But in the NFL, you know, edge is a hot commodity. So we're going to go edge here. We're going to take Aziz Ojalari out of out of uh, Georgia. Great prospect. Uh, and I think that he'll help that defense right away in a major way. He is a huge disruptor. All right, pick 23. We are down to the New York Jets. They have their second first round pick. And if we take a look at the needs, actually, I just misspoke there. This is their first first round pick because they traded for Deshaun Watson. So if you just traded for Deshaun Watson, you know, you definitely want to get him some help there if you're the Jets. So you could kind of go best player available offensively. If there's an offensive lineman you really like, that's a good option. Uh, if there's a receiver you really like to give Deshaun Watson another target, that's definitely not a bad option as well. Um, or DB and safety is another one that I put down there because they traded Marcus May in the uh, mock Deshaun Watson trade. So they could look at safety as well. But for this purpose, um, when you look at kind of best player available offensively, um, it's Najee Harris. On this board, it is Najee Harris. And on my board, it's Najee Harris as well. I think Kadarius Tony is closer to the 30s. They have him at 22. Uh, Travis Etienne, he's an option as well, but I like what Najee Harris brings as a power runner and as a blocker as well. Um, Etienne may be a better receiving back, but um, I do really love what Najee Harris brings to the board. And we're going to go ahead and take him to add to the Deshaun Watson-led New York Jets at 23 overall. All right, pick 24 now. We're moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had a hot season to start and finished off really, really cool. Big Ben, it looks like he's going to be retiring. And for me personally, uh, Mason Rudolph is not it. So I think if I have it here, let's look at the Steelers' needs. Yep, I put quarterback as number one. Offensive tackle is another need of theirs. And tight end slash wide receiver because I do see them losing Juju Smith to uh, free agency. So let's look at the board here. Um, I think we're going to go quarterback here. It is high. It is a little high for uh, Kyle Trask. But as I said earlier, quarterbacks are notoriously reached for. Uh, they have him as the 88th ranked prospect. I think that that may be a little harsh for Kyle Trask. Maybe maybe somewhere closer to you know 50s or 40s. So, I mean, this is still a reach at 24. But the upside of Kyle Trask is major. He's similar to Big Ben in a lot of ways. So I think that the Steelers are going to see all that and they're going to pull the trigger on their guy here at number 24 and hope that Kyle Trask can be the future of their franchise. Moving on to pick number 25 here, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars with their second pick of the first round. They picked first overall. They took Trevor Lawrence. And now when we take a look at their remaining needs, so... Yeah, we knocked out quarterback with the first need. Now we need defensive help. Their defense has not been good. Uh, so I have DB and Edge here. So when you look at the prospect list of available guys, J.C. Horn, Christian Barrymore, uh, there's some good guys here, Nick Bolton. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to take Trevon Morig. I love, love, love Trevon Morig. If the Dolphins somehow end up with him in the actual draft, I will be ecstatic. He is a true free safety. He plays on the back end. Uh, he patrols the back of the defense. Nothing gets behind him. He makes plays on the ball, gets picks. He makes hits. Uh, I think that he is a great stopgap at the back of a defense, and he will do great things in Jacksonville when they pick him 25 overall here. All right, now we're on to 26. We have the Cleveland Browns on the clock. So let's take a look at the Cleveland Browns needs over here. So for the Browns, I have cornerback, I have edge slash linebacker, and interior defensive line. So once again, this is, I think, the third or fourth team where I have all defensive needs. Um, they have a good offense. You know, if Odell comes back and he stays, that'll be huge for them. Uh, they have Jarvis Landry, Richard Higgins. They have good receivers, two really good running backs. They got their quarterback. And I think, let's check here, actually. And this PFF uh, offensive line rankings, I believe they rank number one. And let's get to the top of the list. Yes, they did. 
The Cleveland Browns had a great offensive line last year. They drafted Jedrick Wills. They got some guys in free agency and trades. So they're set at O-line. So we're going to take a look at defensive players and kind of go BPA, which means best player available. And let's see here. J.C. Horn at corner and Christian Barrymore. It's really between those two for me. Uh, and I'm going to go with J.C. Horn for the simple fact that I love Denzel Ward. I don't love Greedy Williams or any other corner that uh, like, I think they have Terrence Mitchell as well. Uh, I think they need another true corner on the other side of Denzel Ward. Uh, and then I think that this team could be super legit if they can have a really good secondary and uh, the offense that they have from last year. So we're going to go with J.C. Horn here, 26 overall to the Cleveland Browns. All right, now we're entering our final six picks of the first round NFL mock draft. And we have the Baltimore Ravens on the clock. And when you look at the Baltimore Ravens, uh, let's take a look here at their needs. I have wide receiver at the top of the list. They do have a really good tight end in Mark Andrews, one of the best in the game. Um, Marquise Hollywood Brown, he's up and down. He can be a home run hitter at times. He's got great speed. He's had questionable hands since he's been in the league. Uh, not super reliable. And then outside of that at receiver, they have guys like Willie Sneed, who's sort of washed up. He's, he sometimes makes some plays. Um, then they have Seth Roberts, I believe. They have some decent guys, but they don't really have a, a legit threat for Lamar Jackson to throw to. And when you have a quarterback like Lamar, who's not the greatest passer in the world, it helps to have good receivers around him. So when we take a look here at the available prospects, we're going to go for a receiver and we're going to take Kadarius Toney. He is a shifty guy. I think 27 is about the right range for Kadarius Toney. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, they have him at 22, I believe, as an overall prospect. I, it's a little high just because of the drop issues, and he is does have a smaller frame. But uh, I think he can definitely make plays. He's a guy that you could throw a little screen to, and he'll make four or five guys miss and score. So that will definitely help the Baltimore Ravens offense in the future. All right, now 28 overall, we have the New Orleans Saints. Uh, now we're not sure if um, the quarterback will be Taysom Hill. We're not sure if it'll be Jameis Winston. But at any rate, you need a pass-catching threat. They're most likely, I think, going to lose Emmanuel Sanders to either free agency. Um, I believe he's going to be a free agent or trade. They could also use a tight end. They could use a interior defensive lineman. And then if you see here, I also wrote in BPA at the bottom. I wrote that for a couple teams. I wrote it for the Ravens as well. And I wrote that because when a team has a solid roster and they have good starters at every position, at that point, you don't really have needs to fill. You can just go for the best player available. And that BPA, best player available, will provide depth wherever you draft him to. And when we take a look at our board here, uh, the BPA that the best player available um, that they have is also my BPA, my best player available. Christian Bearmore, I talked about him a little bit earlier. He is a great uh, defensive tackle out of Alabama, and I think that he will do good things for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, definitely be able to man the middle, stop the run, and he also has a little bit of sauce when it comes to rushing the passer. And now we're moving on to the Green Bay Packers at pick number 29. Uh, so for the Packers, I have their number one need as wide receiver, what I think they should have taken last year. Uh, I also have cornerback as an option and interior linebacker as an option as well. Uh, you know, it's it, this is a tough one. It's similar to the Philadelphia Eagles, maybe not as dire because uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, they are worse at these two positions than the Packers are. But when you look at the Packers, they could definitely use a second solid receiver on the other side of Devontae Adams. But I actually think I'm going to go corner here because down the stretch, you know, it didn't seem like they, they really needed another good receiver as much as they needed a good corner. Devontae Adams, even though you know he's the number one guy and you know that they're going to go to him consistently... He still makes plays all the time. They have a good tight end. I like Robert Tunyon. And then Alan Lazard, when he's healthy, I think he could be their second receiver. 
until maybe next draft if they if they take another guy. And then you know Equinemius St. Brown, he's all right. Uh, and then they also have uh, MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling struggles with some drops, but he is a deep threat, fast, long receiver as well. So the receiver position is not horrible. I think that it's manageable, especially when you have a guy like Aaron Jones uh, out of the backfield who can catch passes as well. And your quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. So we're going to look at the corners here. And there's two guys that I like for the Green Bay Packers here. So let's just take a quick peek. Uh, they have Ifetu Melifonu uh, from Syracuse as the 34th overall player and the top remaining corner. I watched his tape though, and to be honest, I wasn't that I wasn't super super impressed as much as I was impressed with guys like Tyson Campbell and Asante Samuel. And those are going to be the two guys that I'm considering here. Uh, and I'm going to go with Tyson Campbell for the Green Bay Packers. If you watch the uh, the NFC Championship game between the Green Bay Packers and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you don't need any explanation as to why the Green Bay Packers need another corner. Kevin King does not seem to be the solution. He holds a lot. He gets beat a lot. Doesn't have that kind of straight top-line speed that you need to be a solid corner in the NFL. So... We're going to go with Tyson Campbell. He did good things at Georgia, usually shadowed number one receivers and followed them around. So, And he put up good numbers as well. So now we're going to move on to pick number 30. We have the Buffalo Bills. If we take a look at their needs here, we have cornerback, running back, and edge. Uh, running back, you know, that's, that's a decent need for them. They do have Zach Moss, who I like a lot. Devin Singletary, don't like him as much. So we're going to go ahead here and take a look at the running backs. And there's definitely one big name that's still left here on the board. Uh, the 25th ranked. So if this actually fell this way, based on the way that this draft board is, they have him 25th and they get him at 30th. That would be a good bargain for the uh, for the Buffalo Bills. I'm not quite sure if I'd have Travis Etienne as 25 uh, prospect rank, but that's that's I guess that's fair enough. So we're going to go ahead and take Travis Etienne to give the Buffalo Bills a home run hitter from the running back position, which is something they don't have. Uh, Zach Moss is more of a power guy. He got he has decent speed, though, as well. And then Devin Singletary is kind of like a Walmart version of a home run hitter, if you ask me. So they're going to go ahead and get what they think can be the home run hitter running back of the future for the Buffalo Bills. All right, last two. Uh I'm going to talk about this on the next episode of the Triple S podcast, but I actually think the uh, I actually think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will win the Super Bowl and they'll be the 32nd pick. But for this purpose, we're going to leave it as is, and we're going to pick 31st overall for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they're kind of in a best player available situation. They have a stellar offense. You know, they have good receivers. They have. Actually, let's take a look here at the offensive line rankings. They had, I believe they were top 10. Yeah, here it is. They were the fifth ranked offensive line according to PFF. Uh, not perfect as PFF, but they're pretty good. So they had the fifth ranked offensive line. They don't need to touch that. Don't need to touch the receivers. If Tom Brady's still playing, don't need to touch the quarterback position either. And they have two good running backs. Uh, pretty good tight end and Gronk as well. You know, he's getting older, but still makes plays. So if we look at the defense... They could use a corner, uh, but I think that the prospect of having a guy like Joseph Osai still on the board here is too good to pass up on. Uh, I watched a few Texas games. I watched Texas versus Oklahoma because I like watching Spencer Rattler play. And uh, one of the guys that really popped off the screen for me on the Texas defense was jo uh, Joseph Osai. He uh, definitely makes a lot of plays, and I think that he'll be a good pro so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get another pass rusher to go alongside with Shaquille Barrett and JPP and all the rest of those guys that they have. And they take uh, Joseph Osai here at 31 overall. And now for the last pick of the Triple S podcast NFL mock draft for round one, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. According to this, they'll be the Super Bowl champions. We'll see if that's really the case. They pick 32nd overall. Uh, they have a few needs. One thing that I think that they could definitely use, they're another team similar to the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, well, Tampa, excuse me, Tampa Bay Buccaneers that they don't really need to touch that offense. They have a good offensive line, 
I mean, we know that we know what they can do on offense. So we're going to look at defense, and I think they could use a corner. Uh, they may also be able to use, I mean, what team cannot use uh, edge rushers? But there is a corner here that I talked about a little bit earlier that we're going to go ahead and select here with the 32nd pick. And it is Asante Samuel Jr. You guys should recognize that name. Asante Samuel Sr. was a stud cornerback back in the day. And uh, we're going to have his son going here, 32nd overall to the Kansas City Chiefs to wrap up this mock draft. I had a lot of fun making this mock draft for you guys. Uh, it was really cool to kind of put on my GM hat for all 32 teams. Actually, not all 32 teams. You know, the Rams don't have a first-round pick. Some teams didn't have first-round picks. Uh, but it was fun to put on the GM hat and uh, go through and make these selections. Make sure you go down in the comment section if you're on YouTube and let me know what you agree with and what you disagree with, what you would have done if you were the GM for your team. Uh, what did I get wrong? What did I get right? Or just, you know, give me any feedback at all. I love hearing from uh, from people in comment sections. Uh, and if you're on any other platform, you know, hop over to YouTube or uh, even go on my Instagram page at the Triple S Podcast and let me know there. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this Triple S Podcast special episode uh, of a mock draft for the 2021 NFL season. I really appreciate you guys rocking with me and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Yeah. This be a life, no gimmick.